He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Hello and welcome back to Know Your Cinema, your favorite movie podcast. We are continuing our journey down the Marvel Cinematic Universe rabbit hole with the avengers 2 age of ultron uh with me as always is my co-host devlin clemens the king of the ring sir how are you doing today? i'm good another bonus episode another marvel movie down looking forward to talking about this one uh, age of ultron i had actually seen this movie before um couldn't remember a lot of it, but I did see it before. Maybe I only watched it once, but yeah, uh, looking forward to this. Uh, I am as well. I am Jason Quinn, since I forgot to introduce myself. Um, TikTok famous Jason Quinn. Well, I thank you. I try to, I try to be humble, you know, but uh, let's, let's hop in here. Let's, let's not, uh, let's not dilly dally as they say. Let's jump in with three feet forward. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start us off hot and heavy. Um, I like this movie. I, I think that this movie tried... There was, a, there was a lot of things that I liked about this movie, and there was a lot of things that um, weren't... I didn't, not necessarily left a bad taste in my mouth, but it just was like, I was kind of like, eh. It, it didn't like really do it for me. I always will think the the first Avengers will be better than, than a lot of the movies that come out. Um, Winter Soldier was really good. Um, this one just had this a different feel to it, pace. I'm not, I wasn't a fan of the villain in this. Um I don't know. It again, it's good. I just I found myself like not bored, but it was almost like it was like regurgitating kind of same old thing. It kind of had that kind of the same old feel to it that you know, event the original you know, the, the Avengers one did, but again, it's a good movie. The story. And the ability to introduce two other Avengers into the fold um, kind of sort of was okay. Um, but I mean, they're not, I wouldn't say they're full-fledged Avengers. I, I get where they're going towards, I believe, Civil War, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're going... From Civil War. Huh? We're two movies away from Yeah, Civil I mean, I, I'm guessing that's where... That's that's down the path that we're we're going here. 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm very indifferent about this movie. Like it's good, but at the same time, I'm like I felt like something was really off about this movie. I think this movie puts a sour taste in your mouth from the very beginning. That overly CGI opening, where it's supposed to look badass, but it looks like shit, in my opinion. And is I mean, it, I watched. It, are we going to attest this to Whedon? Are we going to, are we going to test this to Whedon's director? I, I mean, I think so. I mean, he did the first. He did the Avengers, but then it just—I don't know, man. It fell flat as hell in the very just from the get-go. It was like it just felt like they were trying really fucking hard. Yeah, like he was trying really hard. Like I don't, I don't even. I, no, I don't. I don't necessarily think that they were trying hard. I think that they just had. They had this all this money and all this budget and these characters that they have already made and already are self-built for them. And they're like, we can put out a movie that is to the eye test is really it looks pretty. It's like a shiny toy that 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 looks good and runs well for a long time for a little bit, but then craps out on you. And yeah, then you can like- go buy a new toy. It's like buying a. It's like buying a fucking like the Avengers is like a Tonka truck. That motherfucker will last forever, and it will hold up, and it is always going to be fun to play with. But then this is like buying like a Twinka truck from like you know Dollar General. You know it'll be fun to play with one fucking time, and then it's going to break down on you, and then you're going to see the flaws that it was, and you're going to regret paying for it. Right. It's, I mean, that, like I that's, said, the, I, I, that's what it was. I don't want to completely shit on this film because there are things that really make this film better. And I don't, it had nothing to do with direction. Right. It had nothing to do with direction. It's the people within that direction and the characters within that direction and the story where they're going that helped make this movie and again, will reflect in my my rating at the end. Because I think I think I think I just have a like problem Ultron. with Joss Whedon now. After, yeah, I think I do too. After, and like I said, the first Avengers was great, and I just think that you, when you capture lightning in a bottle like that, you, you're constantly trying to make lightning in a bottle again. And instead of trying to make the same kind of lightning, try to make different kind of light, lightning and try to be, and I get that he was, that's what he was going for in this one, but it just did not feel good. I didn't feel good watching this movie. Like I, I felt like I was, I was forced to watch this movie. I think it becomes very evident when you watch this movie and then you watch the, sh- the shitty version of Justice League Yeah, that Joss Whedon has no idea how to handle a speedster. He has no idea that's, how that's, to... I will I will wholeheartedly agree with you on that because I I had a moment of clarity because of of I can't remember the character's name. Quicksilver. Quicksilver. I had a moment of clarity where I was like, this is like the flash. Yeah. But he's he's like a wet dish rag. He's like, no, like, he, he, like, he, he, there was no depth to that character. Even Scarlet Witch didn't really have depth until, until the end. 
when we got a little bit of like a flash of like depth. Well, and and re, I mean through future films, Scarlet Witch is one of my favorite characters in the entire MCU as a result of future films and then WandaVision. From future films, right? But like, and that's what that's what. To- but That's why I'm saying is like her in the future films. Shouldn't we get more? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like they did such a bad job here that they had to fix her through the rest of the things. And then like, I mean, she even gets her own limited series. Right. Um, WandaVision, which is her and vision who were both introduced in this show. And they, I feel like when you see what, what she is as a character later on and even like even if you if you watch the x-men movies and see how they treated quicksilver um you can see that they are so much fucking wasted potential Mm -hmm. of all three of the characters that were introduced in this film and especially ultron ultron is a fucking phenomenally interesting character and they wasted him to the hugest extent they made him a jobber they made him a jobber in this movie i mean they they literally here's here's what's disappointing right they made a lego avengers movie called lego avengers reassemble uh like ultron attacks or some shit right it's a 20 minute short the concept in that film is more interesting than the entire plot line of this fucking movie Right. The big thing that they do, and this is what they should have done from the get-go, is they Ultron is created, right? Tony's whole entire suit is a fucking electronic device. So Ultron hijacks Tony. Okay. Tell me that part of the concept that they couldn't have added that whole interesting element of like he's now now they're dealing with like okay we're the inner conflict of we have to defeat ultron and tony but at the same time tony's kind of like inside the suit vulnerable but he's trapped in there. why not why not hijack war machine why not make it more interesting why not hijack war machine we've already seen him fight once i mean i get it it'd be like doing it over again but why not hijack war machine yeah, and War Machine I, I just, is barely in the fucking movie anyway. I've said it a thousand times, and you've heard me say it on this podcast: a movie with a villain can only be as can only be as good as that villain appeals to the hero. the The upcomings of the villain is not so grandioso in this film. Like the 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 villain has to have a win. If you're going to job him out at the end of the movie and not make him a part of this series anymore. He's got to have a big win. Yeah, and he never does. He always he never does, and he never well, does. But he, he, I seems, mean, he seems like such a throwaway character. He he doesn't even appeal to me in the sense of like he's intimidating or he's he's some kind of master manipulator of machines or whatever. He doesn't really he doesn't he he doesn't really do that. His big thing is to is to kill is to destroy the world. Okay. Every villain, give me something new. The every villain that we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done trying to do that. And I, I, to me, I feel like it's such a, it's so sad because Ultron, as it, as it stands, as a character, has a huge amount of potential. Right. And 
he was just i feel like we wasted him like the first avengers movie when we had i mean we had loki but they knew that they were keeping loki around right so the main rest of the bad guys that got jobbed out were nobodies they were just fucking random ass lackeys yeah they were intimidating this, lackeys but they who gives a fuck this has the same this has the same feel again as iron man 2 yeah 3 no, two with 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 uh, oh yeah, with uh whiplash whip whiplash like he had a very small upcomings against Tony, and then at the end he basically gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a five minute a five minute thing of him over overpowering the machines to to get after Tony and War Machine, and then and then uh, at the end he comes in this big suit and they whoop his ass. I mean, th- to me, there's there's so much hanging out in this movie too, which is weird. Like, it's not bad. I mean, like it's a like some of it's like kind of a cool thing to see, but it it feels like bonus like scenes. Like, I like I, them- I think that it's it honestly it's just to build it's to build a civil war because this keeps creating the tension between Tony and 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 uh, Cap. It keeps it keeps that tension building. Well, thank God it's building to civil war because, in as I'm sure you're aware, the in in Captain America: Winter Soldier, the, that was directed by the Russo brothers. Uh, the Russo brothers did have done four MCU movies. They did Captain America: Winter Soldier, Captain America: Civil War, which is essentially a fucking Avengers movie, right? And uh, then they did infinity war and endgame so in my opinion those four movies are some of the best movies in the entire mcu and thank god they've got you know civil war coming two movies after this one because this movie is just it's not it it's not it yeah it's not it's not it's not it at all and like i said the saving grace of this movie is the is the actors that are in this movie yeah that is that is the biggest saving grace in this movie is that the actors portray and the chemistry the they have the chemistry they have because they're they're it's we're not replacing people we're we're bringing back people and everybody has that type of chemistry we we are we are getting that and it's and it's making it feel organic and you you're you're interested in those characters and where everything's going like i said i'm not interested in ultron I'm not interested in that character. If we're going down the list of the Marvel, Marvel, um, the the bad guys that we've watched so far, and we're talking about the interesting ones, it's hard to sit here and select. Like I feel like Marvel's done bad guys a disservice, other than Winter Soldier. They get a lot better at it. <laughs> well, I've seen I've seen Infinity War. So I, I get that they get better at it, but I'm just saying. Have you seen Black Panther? I've not seen Black Panther. I'm just saying that the, the getting better is is great, but I my for my money, if you're making a cinematic universe, you're going to have to have more interesting bad guys. I've seen well, Doctor Strange also, too, so they also did. I mean, we also have Guardians of the Galaxy too. I find that villain to be a good one. Yeah, no, the Gu- Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean the villains that were portrayed there they were interesting 
I think, again, I think that that movie, when we talked about it, had, you know, it had a very sub sub villain because we all know who the real villain in, the, in that plot line is. Right. But again, like, I think that I get we're trying to focus on the superheroes. I understand that. We're trying to appeal to kids, families, etc. I understand that. But for me, being a fan of bad guys, like, when I think of, like, one of the ultimate bad guys, I think of Darth Vader. Prior to the prequels that we got, we didn't know a lot about Darth Vader, but he was such a great bad guy character and how he was written. We thought he was a complete, just evil badass. And then slowly we get more of the, the story with him as four, five, and six go along. And we see a more human side to that character or more humane, or excuse me, humane side to that character. And it, it makes you feel for that character. But he stuck around for a long time. We're getting one-off villains. We're not, except for Infinity War, of course, we get the, the, the you know, the big villain, so to speak. But it works because we, we're not getting one-off. We're getting, we're getting that villain too. And he's been in, what, four movies now? Four, four, five, five, uh, we're getting flashes and glimpses of them. I get that we're, we're, we're it's sub villains. It's almost like a video game. Like we're, we're getting through like all the, the minor bosses to get to the big boss. I'm, I'm crazy. And crazily enough, I think one of Marvel's best written, I mean, to me, honestly, I think Thanos is fantastic and we'll get to that. And then the second tier, the second one would be black Panthers villain. I think that's probably the second best um written if not the first um but then after that honestly i think the villains from the spider-man movies are some of the like the 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 ones that exist in the mcu yeah the tom holland ones to me i think that they did a really good job with those villains better than a lot of the other villains that they've done in the past Granted, they have probably the biggest rogues gallery to pull out of, of just with, with uh, when it comes to Spider Man. But, right. but I I think that. But originally those those it's Tom the motivation. Were, originally those Tom Hollowins wasn't considered part of the MCU, right? No, they were. Okay. He because he's he joined he's in the MCU. I know. I mean, I know he's in the MCU and and he he appears in Civil War. I know that much. Yeah, so that that's that is his first appearance as Spider Man. Right. I just I I thought someone had said that like because when you're looking at the the list of movies that someone had put like the top they are in there but they weren't originally supposed to be part of that lineage of the. No, because like Tony Stark's in him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, I, I and happy this this movie. I don't. It feels like just another like money grab, I, and 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 I hate to say that, and I, it just, it just didn't, it just didn't appeal to me. It just didn't like, it didn't grasp my attention like the first one did. The first one, I'm all in. I can be all in for that first cap, Winter Soldier. This one, like, and it's just like they're just like downhill. It's like they had to bring you back down to build you back up. You know what I mean? It it's I I I attribute it honestly in this one. I think that Joss Whedon is probably partially to blame. I, it, I'm, gonna, it, I'm gonna go with that after seeing the original Justice League and then the Snyder Cut. I'm gonna I'm gonna 
110% get behind the fact that I think Josh, Josh Whedon has, doesn't understand good, good characters outside of his main characters. Like his story and, and his ability to tell a story in certain aspects of things are okay. But again, I will always and forever say this. Your good guys are only as good as your bad guys. They're going to feed off that and you have to write a good bad guy. Cause that it's like, for me, when I would put together a wrestling match, I would always start with the finish. Now, how are we going to get to that finish? How are we going to tell a story from, from this is where we want to go. Where are we going to get to that? Yeah. How are we going to tell that story? If it's, if the promoter looks at me and says, Devlin, you're the bad guy tonight. You're the good guy to the other guy. Okay. I know that I have to piss the people off and I have to make them love him versus me. I did not get that feeling like when I watched Ultron, like, I'm like, I'm not mad at this guy. I'm not mad enough to care that these guys are trying to kick his ass. No, because honestly, the, a lot of the time Ultron honestly seems you're like, okay, like I'm not, I don't really hate him. He like, seems like a fun, bad guy. Well, I mean, he, some of it, I mean, to be fair, most of his, most of my favorite quotes in this movie are actually Pinocchio quotes, but um, he, the way he uses certain like quotes like that, you know, the, there are no strings on me and stuff like that, which is, you know, part of Pinocchio. Right. Um, those, the way he says type things like that, I feel like, I honestly feel like the guy that played him um, could have legitimately made something good. Like he really could have been a, a menacing, you know, threat of a bad guy. I mean, we talk about, they're like, oh, he's going to go after the nuclear codes, but like, let him get the fucking nuclear codes. You know what I mean? Like, let him get a, get even, even if you're not going to give him the full fucking win, instead of Jarvis preventing him from the back door kind of thing that he was doing the whole thing, which is fine, whatever. But like, let him put a real threat on it. Right. You know what I mean? Let him fucking, you know, get a nuclear code and start a fucking you know a launch sequence or you know what i mean let him do something that makes him seem like a significant threat because the whole time he just he just is there like the most the he's like a fucking computer virus that doesn't go away he doesn't seem like you know something that, i mean yeah at the end his ultimate plan is definitely a big thing and that's yeah. all fine and dandy but let him prove that he's even capable of doing something like that. Right. No, I'm, I'm in total agreement. Like I said, I, I think that if anything Marvel Marvel fails at, at times, not saying completely, but their bad guys just don't match up to the good guys. Yeah, they <laughs> they have some of they're they're weird because like a couple of their bad guys are some of my favorite bad guys I've ever seen. Like the way that they're written, the way that you can, you know, you sympathize with them or you, you love them and you are just like, you know what? Like, I understand that he's the bad guy, but like something about it, like 
I know that I love Captain America, but fuck Captain America. Check out Thanos. You know what I mean? Like, like there's something about like some of those characters that just works, but like some of them are just like, eh, we're here and we're gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. And, and, you know, like I said, I, I, I can really only use the Darth Vader analogy of things. And we've talked about on previous episodes about Darth Maul too, and how I personally feel, and I don't know, I will speak for Jason, but I know we've had this conversation that Darth Maul should have been in all three of those movies as a bad guy. Darth Maul is amazing. And I, that I think that that was one of the big problems with, with the, those prequel movies is that they, they killed off a potential bad guy that we don't, we didn't know anything about. Other than he showed up with a double lightsaber and he was a badass, but they killed him off. Now, if you go back and you watch the Clone Wars cartoon series, you get more of that story. But why should why should we have to have that when we could have had Darth Maul in all three of those movies as the antagonist? Because yeah. the next thing we got, we got uh, who did we get? Uh, who was the next Darth or the uh, the old guy? Fucking Count Dooku. Count Dooku. We got that guy. Like I mean, and General Grievous. And General Grievous. We got those guys. General Grievous would kick Ultron's ass, and that's a sad situation. <laughs> I mean, but it, it it's a testament to like. Like to me, like I said, storytelling, like if you're going to have these characters and you're going to have them around for a while, like we need, you've got to build these characters. We've got to know more. We've got to, we've got to, we got to be invested in these bad guy characters. And again, like I said, we got Thanos coming right up and he's been teased and teased more throughout these last few films. We need more. We That's, that's the ultimate bad guy. And I get that's where they're going. But at the same time, we need we need more more characters. The Winter Soldier, for example, is is a perfect example. Is we know the backstory because of who it is, but he's also an amazing bad guy character. When you look at it through that the eyes of that movie, he's a he's a perfect antagonist for Cap. And the plot line of that movie is. Going back to the origins of Cap. That's good storytelling. That's a good plot line. This is just like here's an Avengers movie with a with a with a with a bad guy. Well, and the, the other sad part about it is is the character that actually created Ultron's not even in this fucking movie. Like in the in the comics, he's created by Hank Pym. And Hank Pym is the original Ant Man. He's uh, who Michael Douglas plays in Ant Man, and he's the character. That. I mean, it's it's very in the movie. Okay. It's not really. I didn't ruin anything, but anyway. <clears throat> so he's he's the the character that actually created Ultron, and so. 
for him to not even be in the fucking movie and not even get introduced until the movie after the fucking movie that his his you know creation is in is uh low key stupid as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, I just um I don't know. I'm I'm real indifferent with this movie. I really am. And it it it, it didn't pain me to watch it, but it just I was just like, man, like they could have done so be- so much better with this film. But um let's uh let's get into some favorite scenes here, unless you have anything else you'd like to say about the film. No, I'm good. Um give us your favorite scene, Jason. My favorite scene is in my opinion, it's very small, subtle. It's a very small scene, but it is the moment in the movie where I feel like Ultron is the most badass. Okay. He has got Black Widow prisoned and he is talking to her, right? And she's talking to him and then he fucking rips through the version of himself that's talking to her to complete a sentence with a completely more improved version of himself and then just is standing there like kind of towering menacingly for the 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 sheer fucking balls of just ripping through your previous self to to show off your new and improved version is cool as fuck and it's it seems like it's like that little scene right there where i'm like man that could have been sweet or like the scene where he comes out in the very beginning and he's just a bundle of jumbled parts and stuff and there's something creepy about it they could have gone that route like they 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 gave him this dark twisted kind of creepiness to him we could have got more they could have dove into that you know what I mean? Like lean into it and go fucking full force into the darkness because that's what he's supposed to be. Like he's created as Hank Pym's like dark alter ego, essentially. Like that's that's what his initial creation is, is that he's like the darkness that lives inside of Hank Pym because Marvel, the cinematic universe doesn't use this version of Hank Pym in any way, shape or form. But in the comics, Hank Pym is uh he he deals with a lot of of really dark shit as ant-man because his power is that he can become small so he kind of has like an inferiority complex and as a result is like a bit of an alcoholic and ends up being an abusive person to his like an abusive husband so there's a lot of that like internal like mental darkness that he has in himself and then he kind of puts all of that into Ultron. Like that's what Ultron is, is the the dark side of him. You know what I mean? So if 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 they leaned into that and really kind of owned the darker side of things, we might have had a better version of it. Yeah. Um I don't have a particular favorite scene. I have a I have a favorite set of scenes and it, the reason I'm saying that is because I appreciated the story 
that they were the, the the subplots and the stories that they were telling within there and it's every time scarlet witch got in their heads and 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 we got to see the, the their fears and and what 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 they what they feared um so to speak or you know in cap's version it was just more of like he he it's hard to interpret what he really feared in that whereas tony you know tony kind of plays everything to the close to the vest and he was you know not really wanting to reveal a lot of things and we get to see more of black widow's past and and understanding her and it all make it all comes around when she's talking to bruce about things as well and you know i love that part of the storytelling because it gives like i said it gives us glimpse into the mind of the individuals who are 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 portrayed superheroes on screen and you know black widow she plays things close to vest she's kind of switched off so to speak um but we do see humane sides sides to her where that switch is turned off but we we see kind of how she was reprogrammed as a as a child um on how she is we and we see cap you know having this vivid dream about going back in time and you know everything kind of seems normal but something seems kind of out of place to him too and he knows like his fear is that for me i think it's because everybody in that room's either dead or gone and he it's like his past and he he can't go back you know we all know tony's fear and, and what that is to come and then you know uh we don't really get to see hulks we just know that it angered him enough to make him kind of turn completely but it really in reality we don't need that because we know bruce's biggest fear is doing becoming the hulk and doing things bad against humanity he doesn't really want people to see him like that i honestly think the scarlet witch's visions portion of this movie are the saving grace of the entire film yeah, because they're crucial to the story and and how how they're 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 putting in that plot line there. And I also even, think that they're they're a bit of foreshadowing and a yes. bit of like uh, yes, just really. I mean, they 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 do a really good job of getting to the like the core of the characters. Yes, those if 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 Whedon did anything right, it was those scenes. Right, and even even Thor's vision because everything seemed off to him in that in that vision too you know he he you know he kind of understood coming out of it like because he said like she's not going to get me and then he goes and walks around the corner and there's his vision and he's just like he's just kind of like confused because it doesn't look like asgard but there's all his friends and everything kind of going on he's like okay this is i gotta i gotta get further into this vision this movie does a really 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 good job of of honestly presenting scarlet witch's powers one it does a, a nice job of like giving you know showing her reality bending powers that she has um and then on top of that it does a really good job of of foreshadowing and showing off the future of the mcu and when you look back on it as i can you know being completely current with everything that's happening 
and you can look back on each of these on these films and you can almost kind of see like they probably had an idea of where they were going from here like you know when they were making this movie like a full true idea of what they were planning on doing right and in that regard it's it's pretty cool yeah yeah i i agree like i said i just think that those those conglomerate of scenes because they're all kind of pieced together one's in one scene and then the other ones are like all kind of mushed together in one battle scene so I, I I couldn't just pick one, but I enjoyed all of those scenes because of what they were trying to accomplish there. And I got it. And I got it from a storytelling perspective, even after seeing, because I haven't seen the entire MCU, but I understand what they were going for in that, in regard to things. Right. All right. Uh, favorite performance. Um. I'm sorry, favorite quote. We're on quotes. I'm sorry. We we skipped. We we're in the quotes. Uh honestly, I think my favorite quotes of this movie are all of the quotes that Ultron says that are just Pinocchio quotes. Like the there are no strings on me. Um I have fun, you know, because you know, like all of those different like little quotes that are basically part of the Pinocchio song that he sings um in pinocchio i to me the way that it's the way that it's presented and that like it's the line readings and like i mean i i love the fucking voice acting that uh i can't remember what the fucking dude's name is that he did in this movie now i'm gonna have to look it up james spader I think he did a phenomenal job voice acting as Ultron because he's, he's got a lot of, he's, he's menacing. You know what I mean? He's got a lot of, he could have been fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's sad because like Vader did a great job with what he was presented. It just didn't fall. It just didn't, it just didn't come together. Like, and that's the sad part about it is, is there was not a, there's not a bad acting performance. There's a bad way that some of the performances are handled. Like, I don't think that the guy that plays Quicksilver does a bad job playing Quicksilver, particularly. I just don't think Joss Whedon understands how to write a speedster or make a speedster work well on the screen. Like, first off, under no fucking circumstances does a speedster get hit with a bunch of fucking bullets that shit doesn't happen because that's not how fucking speedsters work like that's just like that's the most that's not how that fucking works like if if what makes me so fucking sad is that they put out a sonic the hedgehog movie this year right now granted that entire movie is based around a speedster and then before this movie was out, they put out a movie called Days of Futures Past, which also has Quicksilver in it, but it's an X-Men movie, okay? So those are two instances where there's other speedsters, okay? Now, in both of those movies, they do a situation where they go into like a hyperspeed mode, and it also happens in Justice League, okay? They go into like a hyperspeed mode, and you see the world from their perspective, right? And it's like... The entire world is almost at a fucking standstill. And they're moving so fast around there that they can do anything that they want in that instant, right? The Quicksilver scene 
that takes place in Days of Future Past is one of the fucking coolest speedster scenes I have ever seen in my life. And it is worth the price of admission for that scene alone. It's just badass. Then you get the Sonic movie and the Sonic movie does a pretty fucking good job of, of doing the same kind. I mean, it's basically a reference to the, the Quicksilver scene, but in a comedic way. So it's the whole same kind of premise, but it's funny. And then we get, you know, the flashes scene, which is kind of a weird mix of like, I'm going to hit on this girl and save her life. And Oh, here's a hot dog and grab, grab, grab a wiener, grab a wiener. You know what I mean? So it's like a kind of combination of like, it's like a cool scene, but it's also a little bit funny. And then in this movie, we have another speedster and you know it's quicksilver again who we've they've proven that other people know how to handle him um and he he fucking does his little speed thing to save you know hawkeye and the little kid and apparently he's too slow and gets hit with a bunch of bullet like i'm sorry but like no under no circumstances would that shit fucking happen like he could have easily i mean we could have slowed it down and saw him like rolling through there and then just flicking all of the bullets out of the way and save them for in that manner you know what i mean or fucking turn the bullets around so that they fire back into the guns because that's the kind of shit speedsters can do like they're faster than a speeding bullet that's the whole fucking idea and you don't get you don't shoot them yeah I, I i honestly think that it was almost you could almost see it coming because there wasn't enough character building for that character that someone was gonna die and it happened to be that guy i mean and it plays off and it's fine like I, well, no i'm i'm just like whole thing is is like do you really care about Quicksilver when he dies? You don't care about Quicksilver when he dies. You learn to care about Quicksilver later. Right. But And it's not even through... It's not through... It's through... Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is, an ama- is just a top-tier actress. And through WandaVision and through some other later you know performances and stuff you then care about quicksilver right so when it when he died in this movie i felt something but it's not because of this movie it's because i had already seen one but, but your first but your first go around with this movie no i i didn't i felt something in this movie because of one i had already seen the other stuff right i'm saying but the first time if, the first time i'm like someone eh, who cares? novice to this movie and you walk into it first time viewing it do you because i've not seen any one division so my feelings are the same thing do you care about quicksilver no and you 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 shouldn't care about quicksilver at all because you're not i mean he doesn't i'm just saying like from a from a story writer's perspective if you're going to kill off a character it's like think of like when opie died in sons of anarchy spoiler alert yeah we cared about that character that that death affected a lot of people. Yeah. Because we were invested in that character. If that was Hawkeye that died, mm. that hits different. Yeah. 
But because well, it would have hit, it would have hit hard as fuck. Honestly, right? We would like we would have been hurt. We would have been real hurt because right. we had just introduced. Not only did we care about him a little bit already, but now in this movie, you've introduced us to his family, right? And you've given him a whole different level of a you person. Him, you gave him depth as a yeah, character. like a lot of depth as a character. As as a character, as a as someone who would be writing a story, if you wanted to kill someone off, you want to make the audience care about that character prior to dying. Yeah, they really should have given us a reason. I mean, I, honestly, it's, it's like been... it's like it's like Old Yeller. If you've never seen Old Yeller, spoiler alert, same thing. The whole movie is grandioso, and you fall in love with Timmy and his dog, and then. The end. Yeller's my dog, man. Huh? Yeller's my dog, ma. Yeah, see? That, that, but that shit tugs at your heartstrings because you've invested your yourself in that character. Yeah, I mean, and that's the reason why the fucking line hits. I mean, I can say that now, and you're st- there's still some small part of you yeah. that's like, ooh. <laughs> I haven't, look, I legitimately haven't watched Old Yeller in 30 years because it fucked me up. Yeah, uh, you ever seen where, or, uh, where Redfern Red grows? Yeah, read the book and watched the movie. Fucked me up both times. That that's a that's a double that's a double whammy. That hurts. That's bullshit. That's some bullshit. The fact that they force kids to read that shit is just terrible. Yeah. Well, we had to read the book, then watch the movie, and tell the differences in the book and the movie. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. But. Uh favorite quotes i did mine i said that my favorite quotes oh. were the the all the pinocchio quotes that that uh so mine things. is because there was a running joke in this whole whole film about steve rogers and his language so mine is the payoff to that joke when he goes uh nick fury son you son of a bitch and fury goes whoa 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 you kiss your mother with that mouth <laughs> yeah which is an exceptional payoff because Samuel L. Jackson is the the biggest, uh, for lack of a better word, potty mouth that exists in all of cinematic worlds. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he owns the copyright to the word motherfucker. <laughs> right, like, it's just, it, you know, it, there's nobody, like, if you want motherfucker said in your movie and you want it said right, you hire Samuel L. Jackson. Except for Star Wars and the Avengers movies. And they should have. If you would have given me one motherfucker, I mean, I honestly don't know that there's not one in the MCU. Uh, but if you give me, if, hit me with one motherfucker in the Star Wars movies. Oh man, can you can you imagine he fucking he hits like the little purple lightsaber, it pops out, and he's like, "All right, let's get these motherfuckers." I'd have lost it. I'd have cried. Or when he fights Palpatine, he's like. Let's go, motherfucker. I'd have, cr- I'd have cried tears. There would have been <laughs> there would have been tears of joy streaming down my face as he's fighting Palpatine with the fucking and I love purple's like one of my favorite colors too. So like that I, I always wonder if like shit. there's an outtake of like especially in in, uh, in Winter Soldier where he's in the car and like he's having to do all this dialogue and he's like says the word motherfucker like what motherfucking systems are working. <laughs> The air conditioner is fully functional. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, I would have popped for that. But that's my favorite quote. Um, favorite performances. This is tough. This one's, this one's a truly tough one because I'm 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 drawing a blank on this one. There's I mean there's nobody that I mean I don't think anybody had like a bad performance, but I just can't think no. of who had like the one that's over the top. Um if I'm gonna give it to anybody in this film, I I, I wanna almost give it to um I remember his name off the top of my head. I almost want to give it to uh, Mark Ruffalo in this one. Ruffalo is really good in this one. I feel for for a guy who came into the Avengers and not getting a standalone Hulk movie, uh, I think that this one almost has that that feel to it. But I think Ruffalo did a really good job in this film because he got a lot. I think he got a lot more, you know, speaking parts. We felt a little bit more of the character. Uh, we see a little bit more of the romance with him and, and Black Widow, like, and he's and he's you know trying to be more controlling of the Hulk, in a sense. Um. You know, it's hard to it's hard to give it to him when he's just you know he's CGI Hulk, but the moments when he's you know Bruce Banner is completely different. I I honestly think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna probably go Scarlett Johansson on this one. Um, I think that the story that the two of them have is phenomenal, and I I really enjoy that that kind of the, the the chemistry that the two that mark ruffalo and her have and i like the idea that they both can they both see themselves as monsters right and you know for obviously different reasons mm-hmm. and it's it's just i don't know like and i also think scarlett johansson has this Scarlett Johansson has a way to where, like, when he's when she's flirting with Mark Ruffalo and she's like making him drinks or whatever. There's it's a single it's a, the camera. She kind of looks at the camera while she's doing it because you're supposed to be Mark Ruffalo's perspective, mm-hmm. and she is just she crushes flirting, like to a point where you're just like, there's some part of you that's like hold on a second. She's not talking to me. Like, (laughs) like, and yeah, and she just, I don't know. I mean, she really just has this and it, it makes, it makes her character more believable because that's part of what, you know, that's part of who she is in the, in the MCU. That's part of who black widow is, is she's supposed to be a character that kind of lures you in and then, there you go. Then now, now I've got you right where I want you, and I think that that's another. By the way, that's another great line that Tony Stark says. This is uh, when you and Banner are done playing hide the zucchini. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking funny. It's it makes it more funny because it's green. That's what makes it, those zucchinis green. Yeah. That's what makes it way more funnier. 
I also really love the look on her face when uh, Bruce falls on top of her behind the bar and she said, don't turn green. And that look on her face and he's like, I won't. But like, there's like, like a weird, like they're obviously in a dangerous situation, but at the same time, like he's on top of her. And that's like, you know, they were kind of having this like, right, you know, slope to that direction. So like that little payoff between the two of them kind of works out really well. Yeah, I, think, I mean yeah, the, the 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 sexual tension that's written there is is re- really good, and and how they put them two characters together is really good. And you're right, Scarlett Johansson has this way of looking at you in film that like you're like, huh? She's not talking to me. Okay. Yeah, you're just take it you're, off you're into it you're you're you are so sucked in and as a as a as a person who's attracted to females like when she like she just she gets you right in there and you're Mm -hmm. just like like you're fucking putty in her hand in that in that instance yeah and it's not even like for a for that for those instances you're able to forget that you're a person watching a film right you're just you're like holy shit! You're mesmerized by everything she's doing. Yeah, she, she's like she's like a she's like a girl at the bar who you who's not doing anything to make herself stand out, but she's doing everything right to make herself stand out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like she's not trying to do it, but she's doing it, and she catches your eye. Yeah, and then you yeah. can't take your eyes off of her. The same thing. I get it. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're going with Scarlett Johansson. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Rating, sir. I'll go first. I'm going to give this one a 7.5. 7.5. I don't want to I don't want to crush it too much, but I don't want to I don't want to praise it a lot either. Again, like I said, the things that really save this movie are the actors and the chemistry that they have. Um some of the throwback visions and scenes. Uh, the action's really good in this movie. Uh, CGI and how things are kind of put together storyboard-wise is not um, is not the best either. But and then I think that the villain's not that great. Uh, and so there, there's a lot of things coming off the board on this one. Yeah, I'm actually going to join you on that seven five. I uh, you know I think back to like you know we did Thor Dark World not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And we both went six five on it, and this is at least a point higher than that. Yeah. Um. And and that I, and that one that was another one where I didn't care about the bad guy either. I I just forgot about who the bad guy was. That's you should never do that. You should never like. There's like in a world of Darth Vader's and Hans Gruber's, we shouldn't rem- we shouldn't forget about the you know who the fucking bad guy is yeah you should yeah you should not you should i can't name i can't actually name the bad guy in that movie i can't off and i we just watched that movie cannot name him i have no idea i think we only watched it like like what two three weeks ago correct yep all right jason anything else on avengers age of ultron for we call it a night on the podcast no man, I think uh, I think we've 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 touched enough on on Ultron. Touch tips. All right. 
hopefully honestly i would i would love to see him come back that's the only thing that i would love to see. i would love to see even if it's only in like a, a you know zach snyder cut age of ultron no not necessarily like a redo of this film but like he was a computer virus so it's not like insane that somehow he was able to you know save a copy of himself on a floppy disk in 19 you know whatever i got you all right folks <clears throat> at the end of our episodes we'd like to leave you with some of our favorite quotes uh i've been using the one my grandmother used to tell me all the time when i was a kid uh and i usually be mean to someone or out of line she would usually grab me and say you know what devlin it costs you nothing to be nice to someone so folks when you go out your daily lives and you're interacting with people just remember those words that it does not cost you anything to be nice to someone. And I always like to leave you with my favorite movie quote of all time, which is never take life too seriously because you'll never make it out alive. All right, folks, next week, Jason, what do we have on the docket for next week? Next week, we have Machete Kills on Tuesday and Ant-Man on Thursday. All right, folks, until then, we will see you.